Marxist? Fucking podcast? What's he even talk about? Rants about politics? Well, what the fucking do? Sounds like Welcome, welcome to episode 131 of Abe Thompson and Other Disappointments, brought to you by Funk27, this content providers. Check out the website, uh, there's blogs, podcasts to keep you laughing like a drain in a dark time. It's your twice-weekly delve into the worlds of shit-talking, politics and dystopia. I'm your host, Abe Thompson, and uh, hey, if it's, your, if it's your first time listening, pull up a seat, crack open a beer... And, uh, and join me as I take us on a delightful and dainty dance through Doom Lolsery, if that's even a word. Uh, special shout out to the Patreon backers tonight, the Patreon cult members, if you will. Um, the next 10 Patreons to sign up. So we're on 13 now. Uh, so, next, so until we get up to 23, those people will get early, like first look access to a big show that we're going to put on in February, which I'm going to give a little bit more detail about shortly. Um, but you also get all of the other add-ons, the, the little bonuses for joining the P- Patreon. You get uh, episodes of the podcast two days before everyone else. You get access to a private members Discord chat where we all pop in there. I'm in there a lot. Uh, we talk shit about Tories. We trade political memes. Uh, You also get invited to in-person meetups. We just did one in October in Brick Lane. Uh, That was good fun. There was laughing. There was drinking. Uh, There was was some crying as well. Um, Mostly mostly by me the following morning as I awoke with my first tequila eye grain in about 10 fucking years. Uh, but yeah, anyway, look, if you jump on the Patreon, you can also enjoy such pleasures. And it's patreon.com forward slash aid Thompson with an I-N on the end. Guys, my guest tonight, conveniently enough, uh, links perfectly with uh, all this talk about live shows and events and tickets. Uh, because he and I and Super Tansky, who you may know from Twitter and TikTok, uh, Jolion Rubenstein, who you might know from uh, The Revolution Will Be Televised, which is a big satirical political show that was on a couple of years ago, uh, and, a, and a couple of others that are yet to be confirmed. We're all doing a live show on Friday, February the 10th in Soho. I'm excited. There is not an adjective to describe how empty my balls are with excitement about this. It's going to be fun. Um, I mean, there's a noun. There's a noun to describe that, which is a disgusting prick. Like, you're, you're a disgusting prick, Aid. Why, why can't you just say that you're excited? Why do you have to go with the empty ball stuff? Anyway, look, my guest tonight, you, you will probably know him from his Instagram activism, I guess you could call it, uh, where he uploads daily posts holding the government to account, highlighting their corruption, uh, usually with a quick, snappy, relatable delivery that is both equal parts amusing and enraging. Please welcome to the show... Danny fucking Price. Woo! All right. Um, can it. you put like a, a sound bite of loads of applause there? Because that's pathetic. It was just the one round of applause. Can I know, you, man. It's hard to get, get audience. get like a nice, a nice like crowd in. That'd be sick. Sure. But anyway, how's it going? Yeah, good. How are you doing, man? I'm all right, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm always fucking good. Um, I'm missing my dinner to do this podcast. Oh, so that's... let's make it so let's make it count yeah sure sure yeah that's <laughs> devastating what what are you cooking later then um, what are you missing out on 
I mean, cost of living, so probably just crackers. Fair. Yeah. Times are tough, right? Yeah. I might um, steal some cheese from Tesco's later. We'll see. <laughs> uh okay well let's hope it doesn't come to that um uh right let's let's give people a little bit of a, an introduction because um you and i sort of we've crossed paths we come from sort of um similar political circles i guess of like activism campaigning lobbying um and we've sort of come to know each other through a bunch of people who, who are looking to get a similar message across to kind of highlight corruption um to let people know the reality of what's going on in a way that they can consume that information and like hopefully make it entertaining right um yeah how did you get into that because you're like you do music and live events and that sort of stuff by trade yeah. how did you get into the politics stuff like um so yeah like we had the we had the pandemic we had the lockdown i just would you say we my company had just bought like two venues and um of course like no events so we was all left with like nothing to do and like i'd always been the funny guy in my group and so uh, i started doing these sketches like quarantine with me and goggle box like parodies like yeah, sketches yeah. where it's just me as like some of my characters living in this flat this one yeah. bedroom flat here and like i just did it for my friends and it was like it was a laugh it was funny and they kind of blew up yeah a couple of them went viral and whatever and then um then I started doing these weekly roundups that was only like three to four minute like clips of me just sitting over there talking about being on my own and, you know, what some funny stuff that I saw online or what the government's doing and whatever. And it wasn't really like political. It yeah. was like it was a bit of Tory bashing, to be honest, because it was just that's what was happening. It was just some bullshit. Yeah. And then and then like I did this one video and it just like blew up. And then Pete, then I realized that it wasn't just light humor that i was doing um and it wasn't just for a couple of hundred people it was actually for all of a sudden like overnight it turned out to be thousands of people and um and it was about it was when george floyd um was killed right. i did that video and um it just like yeah it blew up and then it was kind of like it was kind of like me finding a voice wasn't it, it was, and it was just like people wanted to listen and there was obviously i realized there's something there the way that I said things, it was different to everybody else. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I've been told a bunch of times that like, I talk like we're talking in a pub. I don't use big words. I'm dyslexic. I can't use big words. <laughs> so, you know, like I just talk like how I talk, just like normally, like just making things understandable and digestible for people and applying common sense sort of logic to what we're given and what we're, what we're told that is usually complex, but it isn't really, if you think about it, when you get down to it, it's not. So that's what I did. It's funny, isn't it? Because it's it, like, this is something that is ringing home to me a lot now more than it has even sort of, you know, a year or two years ago is the space that has opened up for people like you, me, Tan, uh, maybe Marina Perkis, like people who are not like journalistically trained, mm -hmm. uh, have not come up that sort of like eaten oxbridge kind of route um yeah and i don't know if it's sort of an oversaturation of that kind of media that has pushed people towards people who kind of talk like a person in the park yeah. uh or if it's the advent of social media where you know these traditional journalistic 
figures are not so dominant on social media whereas people are you know they want to get the news they want to yeah. listen to somebody like you on instagram tell them how things are rather than yeah. that you know yeah i think it is it's part of the individual because prior to the pandemic um i used to do some work with double down news and there was always these online news companies but i think at some point um like they still become part of a larger thing and they make they make their money and whatever and whereas individuals are so much more unique with the way the message is delivered and the news is delivered and like i have my job so i'm i don't i don't do it for money or to gain anything just like all of the other people that you you mentioned we all have our lives and i think that's the thing it's just we're normal people delivering and like important news and i i, I think it was just the the pandemic sort of made everybody like all we had was this little fucking rectangle that we carry around in our pockets so it's forced people even more so into like essentially being addicted to social media but for the right reasons and for better reasons than you know looking at memes or viral videos yeah yeah i think that's right i think people like so over the space of that year as they spent more and more time sitting on their sofa or out in their cabin maybe they adjusted to consuming information and building relationships with people more on like a little glowing box yeah than perhaps they would have done but it's also i guess it's also a bit about the amplification of the news stories that came about over those two years because it's been such a massive fucking like two three year nightmare like we've yeah. just gone from crisis to crisis to like, that's exactly it yeah you know so it's like people are more glued to the news in any case but just to sort of come back to your your previous point i think yeah you're, you're right like a big thing about um consumption of news is like finding someone who gives you the information you're interested in in a way that makes sense to you and if you go to a newspaper or channel 4 news or you know wherever it doesn't matter if like so say you get a job at sky news the way that you say shit is going to be like they might say oh yeah you're free to write about whatever you like yeah but it's going to be edited someone else is going to write mm -hmm. a byline for it it's going to have to fit in with the overall like look and feel of it so it does get sanitized i think it's a real freedom when someone like you comes along on instagram not beholden to anyone and mm. you could just say it how it is you know yeah and swear a lot as well sure like, big fan of that yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 it's um yeah i do i'm very aware that i swear a lot and i think that's part of um it's just part of me isn't it really but i think it's part of my dyslexia it's like to fill the gap you know yeah. if you see my videos i talk to the guy that's off screen who's not fucking there and i i swear a lot and i think that's all of part of my coping mechanism to be able to do what i do yeah yeah i have no such excuse i'm like you just swear for fun just like it's great to be fair like it's like swearing is like my favorite do, thing do you ever get like because I, I swear a lot in my content as well. Yeah. Uh, and I get a lot of shit for it from people. Like they say, okay. you make a, a lot of great, like I sound like I'm patting myself. Oh, on the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. they say, you make a lot of great points, Aid, and I find your stuff really insightful. And uh, and then they say, but you re you need to tone down the swearing because actually right. what, what happens is people will hear you drop the F-bomb or the C-bomb and they'll go, this guy's a thug or this guy's a waste of space. Right. So, so if They'll you be calling you a thug. As opposed to me. <laughs> no, I just think, <laughs> like if if people hear me swear, it's an excuse for them to then go, oh look, he's oh, yeah. uncivil. Um, oh yeah, I get do it. You get that? I get it. I've had of very little, and I think it's because my name is literally Danny Fucking Price. 
and whenever somebody said it, I'm like, like hints in the fucking name, you know. Don't if you don't, people don't come here for the language, like. So I think they know what to expect when they see the name of the account where it's coming from, you know. Yeah. And I think um, though there's a there's that statement, isn't there, that the people who swear the most are the are the best people. So it is. I like that statement. Yeah. yeah. Big fan already. But yeah. yeah, I've I've read similar stuff where they say like, because my mum always used to say uh, that she felt sorry for kids when she hears them like on the high street dropping yeah. the bomb she'd be like because yeah. it means they've got no vocabulary and then when mm-hmm. i grew up to develop the vocabulary i do yeah uh i was like does it like i don't feel like i've got a narrow vocabulary so yeah. i googled it one day and it was like no actually like it's it's a sign that you do have quite a healthy like it yeah, can be a good definitely. sign of your linguistic skills yeah i think it's part partially for me as well because i was my household like my mom swore and my stepdad swore, swore and my dad swore, but I wasn't allowed to swear. It right. was like, I think, so I think part of with me as well is also partially because like, it's kind of a rebellion thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah. like, yeah, I'll swear as much as I fucking want. Like I am not under your roof anymore. Fucking dickheads. So you, yeah, yeah, that's part of it. Do you have kids now? Um, not that I know of, no. Okay. But if you had kids, would you let them swear when they get to like, what, like 14, 15? Um, yeah, I think I would. I don't think there's any like anything like bad about swearing, like realistically. As long as it's not in a, um, a mean way yeah. or a bullying way, like I think it's very, it'd be really hypocritical for me, someone who's called Danny fucking Price, to be like, <laughs> don't you fucking swear, fucking <laughs> little bastards. Like, yeah, I couldn't do it. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's, um, that's like terrible. So, no. Yeah, I'm the same, man. Like, I, I, I mean, right now, like, my kids are a bit young for it. You know, they're like yeah. six, six and two. I don't want my son going in the playground and going, you fucking yeah. cunt. But like, yeah. Um, but yeah, when he's 14, like if he stubs his toe yeah. on a door, I want yeah, him to course. be able to go, oh, motherfucker. Like, you know, yeah. it won't there offend a, me. There is a massive difference between swearing with intent and without intent, isn't there? You know, so yeah. I think it's fine. And plus, like, if I did have kids, I'd probably tone my language down around them. My, actually, my sister um, gave birth to my niece this year. Mm. And we just had the conversation of the week. It's like, yeah, she's um, she's like ten months old now. And we're like, we need to stop, stop, stop calling her a bitch, like because you know <laughs> she's gonna clock on. Like, <laughs> I'm joking, but you know, stop swearing in front of her and telling it down. So like, because yeah, like she will start talking. I I've had to develop a sort of alternative vocabulary of like it's not, you know, it's it's like fudge, and yeah. Like, like me and my girlfriend would be like oh have you met her? like have you seen that yeah oh she's a right chunt like you know just sort of, like, <laughs> things that if, if so my... what happens when your kids start saying those words well this is like that hasn't happened yet okay but like i mean we do this sort of like whisper non-whisper thing where we're like yeah. chunt, chunt, like that but okay okay hopefully he won't say that because yeah even that's a bit like you know if it's because i think it's him, quite risky isn't it because kids always pronounce words wrong so you, by you saying chunt they might say cunt anyway yeah we'll yeah, see i hadn't, th- hadn't thought of that um anyway let, let's let's try and drag this <laughs> kicking and screaming back on topic so yeah. um something i wanted to ask you about tonight was like so a, a common theme in your content uh that you've come back to a few times uh, and i noticed on your feed again yesterday is this sort of this sense that um the current government uh, and indeed the conservative party more broadly are charmless corrupt lying and mostly sociopathic assholes uh if you could expand yeah. on that a little bit well they're nonces as well oh i missed that nonces <laughs> but yeah it's like they are just 
they are just the worst, aren't they? Like, let's, uh, I mean, how do I expand on them being the worst government that we've ever had? Like, yeah, what, like, I, what I liked about your post yesterday was how... Which post is this? This is the one where I think it's a picture of uh, Baroness Moan. Okay. And you were like, we know, like, we always know. Oh, we... Yeah, so, so that, I reported that in, like, February this year, back yeah. in February, and it was something that I saw on Twitter and I researched a bit and it was only like in smaller um, news spaces and then I did a bit of research on it and I sort of put it out there and like, like BBC, if you look at one of the, the post from back in February or March or whenever it was, I did a search on BBC News and they refused to report it. Right. Um, I will send you the screenshot so you can put it on here if you want. Um, Wait, hang on. Um, so did you you sort of nudge them to report it or you were just searching to see if they had... I was just searching. I was just searching. Right, right, right. Um, obviously, I tagged them in the post as well. And loads of followers also tagged BBC. They just didn't report. They didn't report on it. And there was a statement released by... Um, we, should probably, we should probably just interject there that the... Oh, I think the director general of the BBC now, isn't he like an ex-fucking-Tory? Richard Sharp, he donated £400,000 to the Tory party, then got the BBC job. Yeah. Which so is... People... <laughs> That's crazy people... shit, man. People who, who are listening to this or watching this who might not be, like, if you if you follow me from sort of comedy stuff back in the day or if you just found me on TikTok doing, like, piss-take videos and now we're talking about politics, if you're not that au fait with British politics, what we're talking about here is, like, high-level corruption that is almost like not debatable like it's an ex-tory guy who has donated to the conservative party who now heads up the bbc and what danny is saying is a big scandal bubbled under uh or bubbled up earlier on in the year and it was not reported by the, the bbc which leaves people like me and danny and hopefully you guys who are listening to this going S like what what the fuck like how can that not be reported <laughs> it was massive like it like well, you know, it came out this week and the back then her spokesperson said um, that she had no involvement in any capacity. That's a quote. Mm -hmm. And it turns out this week that she netted £29 million. And like, first of all, they didn't report it in the first place. And secondly, like, nothing's going to happen now. Like, I want my fucking money back. Like, we all want our money back. Like, if anything, every single party, every single opposition party should be like, we will get we will get all of the money back from the Tories. We will take them through every legal process that there is under the sun to get this money back. Because all in all, if you just add up the money for corruption, it's almost a hundred billion pounds. And that's that's over two years. But mm -hmm. that's still a tenth of our yearly spend. And now we have a cost of living crisis. That money, like we, we simply wouldn't have to pay four thousand, three thousand, four thousand pounds energy bills if instead the companies were subsidised with that £100 billion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's that simple. And that's that's a really important point to hammer home, is, like, we're always told there's no money for this, there's not enough money for that, yeah. we've all gotten tightened the purse strings. We're all about to be hit with these energy bills and, in, in my case, sort of hiked up all mortgage rates. It could result in me, my girlfriend, our kids losing our home like, yeah. later this that's year or, or early next year. Um. And I, I feel like I have a right to be angry about this, to, to look at the government and go, well, hang on a second. You say that you can't temper the energy bills because there's no fucking money mm. for that. And we can't have a mortgage price cap because there's no money for that. Well, where the fuck is the hundred billion? Yeah, exactly. And it's not even just that as well, is it? It's like, you know, they banned onshore wind and, you know, like these like 
I just did, and this is a plug, I guess. I just did that show, the Make Me Prime Minister show. And one of our policies was was energy. And we obviously smashed it and won that thing because we just applied what we knew about onshore wind and what we knew about like um, the energy crisis that we're in now. Like it's it's embarrassing that the government will ban on onshore wind that is efficient and would lower, it's proven to lower our, 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 um, our energy costs. And they just, they just banned it. Like yeah. that's silly. Like that doesn't make any sense. It's almost like they're not even doing it for, for the money. They're just doing it to be cool because like they could, like they did with the pandemic, they could rinse us for loads of money if they hike, if they set up their own onshore energy farms. You know what I mean? They really, really would, they could do that. So it's almost like, the money that, or, or there's, a, there's another reason there, like maybe it's the money that they're getting from these energy companies or, or on the side, or maybe they're just doing it because they want to be dickheads and want to make it harder for the next government. I don't know. Could be a mix of different flavours of country, like where yeah. you've got, you know, ERG kind of countryside Southern England types who don't want to piss off the locals who might be upset at the thought of uh, onshore like windmills some Maybe. people do say it's an eyesore i don't know but if you know they, they some of them look like trees now you don't have to have those big ones those, yeah you can get the, the the sort of um the stealth ones it's like they just look like trees yeah which is you know but this is the thing like it's we don't even have to talk about onshore wind farms like we could talk about solar but it was the fact yeah that, of course do you remember in the leadership race in the summer liz truss rishi sunak uh both going for the leadership both of them describing how solar panels in the countryside are an eyesore yeah and neither of them would sign off on it and i'm just sat yeah. there going the energy bills are going through the fucking roof <laughs> like, solar... like it doesn't matter what the eyesore is like do you know what i mean like yeah the energy bills are that much like put a fucking solar panel everywhere like come on it's like for how long are people going to think that these things are eyesores like, and, like yeah. you won't have to deal with how ugly it looks out there because they're going to fucking evict you from your farmhouse. <laughs> but that is one of the things that we spoke about on the show. We went to, there's a bit where we went door to door in Shrewsbury and we were saying like, do you think these things are eyesores? And the, everybody, every single person was like, it, it doesn't matter. It does like, it doesn't like, I need, I need to pay my energy bills. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the thing, isn't it? It's like, so to, to go back to what we were saying before about the, the obvious transparent corruption with yeah. it um i mean it seems quite obvious to me that they're all in bed with fracking companies they're oh, yeah. obsessed with fracking even though all of the academics around it suggest that it would only ever peak at like 10 percent of our energy portfolio yeah it would last for about six or seven years and then it would peter out and there's mm. no guarantee they'll find the reserves oh, yeah, of course. so i was reading a, a tweet uh thread about this by a guy called mac puck and right. he had looked into it way more deeply than I had. I've, I've just read his thing. But he was like, so you have to ask yourself, why are they so obsessed with pursuing this if it's not going to solve the problem? And he was mm -hmm. like, and the answer is because it will make a few people about 10 or 20 billion. Right, yeah, <laughs> Over the space of five yeah. years, and then that's it. They fuck off to a desert island somewhere while we're, we're all fucked. Yeah. Like, that's just a mess, isn't it, really? But it's also like... What do you expect? These like these are the worst people, right? Like they could do anything at this point, and I wouldn't be surprised. Like, like what what could surprise you now? Like what could they do that could surprise you now? Like I don't know. Everybody has a limb cut off, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I 
I was thinking about this. Start, so, start snatching children? Like, what, what could it be? They're already doing that. Like, they're yeah. already doing that. So this was like when, when Liz Truss and Kwesi Kwarteng blew the hole in the economy, I was yeah. thinking like, what's the worst thing? Because that's what satirists do, right? Political humorists yeah. think like, what's the exaggeration? Where where could this head if it got really bad and it was times by a million? Um, yeah. And I thought like, if they want to turn us into this sort of Singapore on the sea or like oh yeah that's right low tax but no public services and like like what if they did just say we're going to take the firstborn son of every family (laughs) and put them in a great british sweatshop i mean (laughs) they they like they technically are they take that's not that far off remember when they said you could get a job in cyber so like don't be chasing your dreams because, you know, we could just get you this job. You could just go work here. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's on a similar sort of level, isn't it? Yeah. and But they would market it like you would do it. It would be like National Service. They would say, this is you doing your patriotic duty because this is where we need you. We need young kids like you. <laughs> That's exactly it, isn't it? You know? <sighs> yeah. And, um, and there'll be tens of thousands of fucking idiots who will gleefully wave their flags and send their sons off to go and work in it like, sweatshop factory for 17 yeah. hours a day do it for your country sort of thing yeah yeah of course and there'll be telegraph columns they'll be like you whippersnappers this is just what you need 17 hour days <laughs> and there'll be people saying like when i was a kid i had to walk to the bottom of the garden just to take a fucking shit like i had it worse than you like go off and i had to go to war so you can go off and fucking sew some fucking stitches in a fucking warehouse somewhere this is the the wild thing is like the people who say all that shit are the, yeah. the sons of the people who had to do that stuff. So they didn't yeah. even have to do it. They just like, oh, well, things were worse in the war. You weren't alive in the yeah. fucking war. <laughs> he wasn't in the war. You bellend. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, Dad? Yeah. Or people will even just be like, well, you know, I was earning, what, threepence an hour when I was your age or something like that. But they don't understand that, like, like inflation and, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Crazy. I had a chat with my... um with my neighbor i better keep my voice down now because you might hear me um yeah i had a, a chat with my neighbor a couple of weeks ago and uh, he was we were talking about getting some work done on the shared fence bit because i'm yeah. a, i'm a home county's cliche and uh nice. he um he said you know we could go sort of halves and halves on it and and then i had to say you know like with the cost of living and interest rates it's just a, not a good time for me at the moment to be like yeah. throwing hundreds of pounds on something that's not absolutely necessary. Yeah, of course. And then so then he came out with that sort of it, I don't think he's a baby boomer, but he's not far off it. And uh, he said, well, you know, we've been through like he's a really sweet guy. He was like, we've been through that. You know, there was back in back in the day, you know, interest rates was about 10 percent. You know, we, it was a scary time, but, you know, we got through it. And I really did. What's, I just wanted to shake. What's his back in the day? What's his back in the day? Like? I think that was in the, was it in the eighties when interest rates were like that. Okay. But yeah. Uh, okay. Here's the thing they always miss. It's like the the fucking house prices, the mortgages <laughs> when no one like. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So now it's like yeah, ten percent of fuck all is what you had to deal with. <laughs> um. Wow. Anyway, so yes. Anyway, to go back to your your content and stuff, I'm really interested in the you know the sort of shining the light on the obvious corruption mm. uh, side of the things, and and obviously the Baroness Moan one is the the sort of story of the day. What what do you think is going to happen to her? Absolutely fucking nothing. Nothing reckon? at all. Nothing. Like she had her house raided. <laughs> Didn't did you know she got her house raided by really? like, like FBI or some shit like that. Um, 
I'm, I'm not going to Google it now, but like I'm sure you will. Um, but she had a, ho- a house raided when I was investigating her, and nothing happened. Like, and that was when that was when this story first came out back in February. So, like, to to sort of to sort of imagine what's going to happen to her. Let's imagine what happened to everybody else. Like Matt Hancock just went in the fucking jungle. Yeah. Like <laughs> Boris Johnson's doing fucking tours, getting paid, what, £150,000 to fucking talk on a sofa about his fucking pathetic fucking life. Um, like they'll just go and earn more money. That's all they do. And they're allowed to do that. And it's, it's fucking, it's terrible. Like, so I'm an ex-criminal. Everyone fucking knows. But like... You know, I had to fucking and just like many people, I have to sort. You have to pay for what you do. Do you know what I mean? You have to go through a re- rehabilitation period, and these lot are doing worse shit than any of me or any of my family or like like any of my old mates have ever done. Like we're talking like hundreds of millions and if not billions of pounds, like being tea leafed um, from the poorest people, and there is never anything. Look at all the court cases that the Conservatives have lost over the last year alone that um, people like um, the Good Law Project have taken them through. Yeah. And they've lost them and nothing happens. Like all the bullying court cases and the people that they have to pay off, that's our tax money that's used to pay off people who have been bullied who then sue our government. We have to pay that compensation for them. That's fucking insane. That's how corrupt it is. Like when our government does something, there really is no nothing for them there's no repercussions for them whatsoever even when they have to pay somebody compensation that actually is just our money and i think that's fucking the worst thing does that not come from i always assumed and i'm i'm fully like prepared to be wrong on this you can correct me uh but i always assumed that if you sued like let's say pretty patel for bullying you for throwing a phone at your head from across the room whatever it was that she did yeah you thought um, it'd be her money. Personally. I didn't know if it would be her money, but I assumed it would come from like CCHQ or something. No, not well, what I've seen from when I covered the Pretty Patel bullying story, which I did extensively. It's just it just comes from just this government money, which is our money. Um, there was no mention of anything else. So yeah, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. So yeah, nothing's gonna happen to him. And I think um, essentially, I mean, I know this is kind of like wishful thinking. But people are just gonna, people are just gonna fucking flip. Like these people won't be safe. Like these these conservatives. Like there will be a point, and I guarantee there will be a point that uh, if it gets worse, that these people will not be safe to walk in the streets. They already know they're not safe. Look at what happened at the Birmingham conference. You know, yeah. they know they're not safe in the street. When I first came to London, I'd, I, I, me and my family visited the Houses of Parliament, and that I was like maybe 11, 12, there yeah. was no, there was no people protesting. Like, like the, it, it just wasn't like that. And now there are people fucking everywhere. And now there are all of these different groups protesting against, which I have an issue with anyway, because as far as I'm concerned, all get together. Stop wasting your time doing like, oh, this is for oil. This is for NHS, whatever. Like, you know, collectively we are fucking stronger. But that's a different conversation. Sure. But yeah. like eventually, eventually like all these people the the anger is just going to get worse and worse and there will be a point when if if things carry on there will be a point where you know we are just not safe in terms of we are not safe in the terms of like how we are living our lives like we will not have a national health service we will not have um you know a livable like we won't have a a livable planet and these things will happen i mean we're on course right now for 2.8 degrees and nobody spoke about that at COP27, 
And it's been proven we're on track for 2.8 degrees and nobody said a fucking word. So at what point does the penny drop and like all the politicians just straight up like just don't just like just fucking be like, fuck you guys, like whatever. Because they will yeah. have to do it at some point. They will have to be like, we was wrong and we're not doing anything. So fuck you. Like that will happen. And that's the point where like the shit will really hit the fan, I think. That's the thing. That, yeah. And, and again, that's like a really important point to, to raise is this feeling that like you could so you can ignore and you can disparage and you can mock people like so much yeah uh but eventually if you push them into a corner and they're desperate and they're hungry and they're worried about their kids and someone's yeah. taking their house you can push them so far but eventually you're right like they will flip and there will be riots yeah. and violence and uh, and I wonder if they know that. I wonder if when they loot the public purse for like 29 million or when they lie habitually or they engage in all of the other sordid, horrible stuff that they do, uh, if they just know that the game's up, like the credits are rolling, we're all fucked. They know that climate yeah. change is as bad, if not worse, than they're yeah. laying on. Uh, they know that Brexit's fucked the economy. They, they know there's not really any way, meaningful way they can save the NHS and so on and mm. so on. Like throw in like fill in the blank with your crisis they know yeah, it's all fucked. Yeah, yeah. so they're yeah. just like if i can just make an ex if i could just bag an extra 29 million yeah man we'll jump on a plane next year and we'll just leave this and we'll go yeah. and live on like I, millionaires at I, think, Island. Um, I think i agree i think I, I don't think it's a collectiveness as in like the entire conservative party or whatever no. but i think there are individuals in certain places that be like i just need to get this amount of money to make to look after me and mine do you know what i mean yeah. that's what i think it is and i think the wider conservative party hasn't clocked that it's all of these different things happening that uh that are building up well like i think some of the backbenchers probably do and that's why some of them clearly don't like how the conservative party is going um but i think it is more based on individuals trying to get their bit of money yeah yeah i mean yeah we, we, we can't discount that there's a fair few fucking idiots in there too like useful yeah. idiots so there's the smart people who know the game's up who are bagging yeah. you know a few million here and there to try and make their yeah. escape and then there's the mark francois and the uh i, see, I don't <laughs> i never know if jacob rees mogg is like quite a clever guy because he's a se very I think, senior i think he's a fucking genius actually Do like think? i don't that doesn't that genius isn't a compliment i think because his dad wrote the book of how to exploit your country yeah you know the disaster that, right? capitalism one. Yeah, right? yeah yeah and like if you look at I've, I've, i haven't read the book i've i've read excerpts from the book and i've had people who have read it i've had conversation with them and it's it's very like paint by numbers of what he seems to be doing and the party seems to be doing like with brexit so i think like it's almost like he's he's not even a genius isn't it? i don't actually that was bad i shouldn't have called him a genius it's just everybody else is fucking stupid to have let somebody <laughs> like him do that do you know what i mean yeah and still say to this day that brexit like he's lying on fucking news the other day saying like oh brexit's a fucking it's great like it's great and like you know they're lying like they know they're lying they know that all of these fishermen are fucked up they they, they like they know like they, they it's just like it's it sounds stupid even trying to explain how much they fucking know yeah yeah the trouble so is I, like a lot of the uk are not that engaged with the substance about this stuff and so when they see somebody because we have such a an ingrained uh level of classism when they see somebody like jacob Rees-Mogg on the tv with his posh educated accent matter-of-factly dismissing concerns 
yeah. a lot of people just take it at face value don't they they're you know they're busy yeah. they're on their way they're, they're just sort of looking at on their phone in passing or you know the, it's on in the background on the news but yeah they're not really paying attention and and it's it's a real like uphill struggle to try to persuade people that this guy is fucking lying to you for his yeah. own benefit and he thinks you're a cunt like he's i mean yeah that is you you've just said something really that i really resonate with like it is a fucking mission to fucking like tell these fucking people what is happening in front of their fucking eyes it's mad like it's insane like fucking um i get this a lot when people people say like um there'll it'll be a post that i've done and they'll say underneath oh, but, like, all politicians are, are fucking, they're all the same. Yeah. And I just reply with, may as well just keep the Tories then in it. Do you know what I mean? Just keep them in there because, like, you obviously fucking love them, you fucking idiots. <laughs> like, it's it's just just dumb. It's the, it's the dumbest thing. Like, all politicians are the same. And, like, it's, it's you don't, I, I mean, <laughs> speech is even trying to talk about it. Yeah. It is such an un- unintelligent thing to, to say. And like, yeah, I don't like Keir Starmer. I think he's a fucking blockhead. I call him a blockhead all the fucking time. He came into Labour being left and now he's, he's very much going to the right, to the point where Nigel Farage is fucking endorsing him. So like, you know, I'm not saying like, you know, vote for Labour or, or whatever, fucking, but I think that Labour as a party can be infiltrated by good people like Ash Sakar and, 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 We'll see um, Zara Sultana. Sure. And like, there are good people in that party. It's just like the guy leading it doesn't, you know, it's a bit of a I think, whatever. Yeah. So he's, he's an interesting one, Keir Starmer, because, yeah, I'm not a super Starmer fanboy, but I accept no. that they are the realistic alternative. Oh, and, yeah, definitely. And that if I want to see political change, like electoral reform, if I want to see yeah. sensible decisions made and actual negotiations being made in terms of the challenges that we face, uh, I accept that's probably got to be Labour or Labour-led. Yeah. So yeah. I put my weight behind them first. Definitely, yeah. But yeah, you're right. There's there's a lot of people who have such a toxic issue with him. Uh, and I always sort of look at it like, number one, be pragmatic. But number two, you don't know what's going through his head and his sort of advisory team. It could be mm-hmm. actually quite cynical. It could be like... Look, I mean, he could be playing the game, right? Yeah. Like, I would love for that to be happening, but I don't... I don't know, you know. I don't know. It would be it like... <laughs> yeah, I'd like that to be the case, but I really don't well, think it is. if you sort of peel back the layers, right? So... Uh, 2019, they had their asses handed to them via the red wall, right? A lot of yeah. people in the northern towns, post-industrial towns, voted Tory for the first time. Their yeah. grandfathers would have rolled over in their graves, but they saw Brexit as, you know, let's let's get Brexit done, in inverted commas. Uh, and if, <laughs> if voting Tories, if voting the Tories in makes that yeah. happen, maybe that's what we need to do. Um, and that in conjunction with Labour sort of being seen to be this... Uh, detached social justice warrior like that there was a big caricature Mm -hmm. around that the corbynism period so they felt not represented but also listened to with with brexit um and i wonder if you know starmer and his team are just like look if we really want to nail this next election number one we can't piss off the red wall we've got to stick to brexit because that's what they voted for so let's you know yeah and and it might be this is going to sound really cunty and i don't know how i feel about it but it might be that they win the election, then they get in, and then they go, thanks for voting for us, 
actually we thought about it and we do need to join the single market like and yeah i would be like <laughs> all <laughs> right lads fine <laughs> no that would be great I just don't, I, it's, I think for me, it is um, just Keir Starmer's general attitude. Like, have you seen him when, I think I put it in some of my videos um, multiple times, there's videos of, of, of him be just straight up ignoring um, like members, uh, just Labour um, campaigners and young Labour members right. like in the street and like getting security to remove them. When they're not doing anything aggressive, they're just asking him questions or asking him for a moment of his time. Right. And I think that is just, it's just rude above all, to be honest. And I, I think I don't think that I just don't think he's he's a nice person in general. Yeah, I so my issues with him are number one, I don't think he's I don't think he listens particularly well. Yeah. I think he's probably got advisors next to him saying you need to have a figurehead for like the left of the party who you sit yeah. down with twice a week have a morning coffee and talk about what their concerns are and then think of yeah. a way to market that back to them so you can keep them on side equally yeah. you need to sit down with the right of the party and make sure that business is on your side so that you've got that. Yeah. like they need figureheads man and mm -hmm. it's possible they have those and he just doesn't fucking listen to them <laughs> or yeah. or maybe they don't have those and he should be thinking about putting the i don't know but that's that's a big thing for him is he doesn't have like he's got the blairite thing down he's wearing yeah. a nice suit he appears smart um he says the right things he looks like a salesman but in terms of representing the factions of labor which yeah, is not he's a job hopeless. i want yeah, yeah. But he's pretty hopeless you're right mm. um do you have much hope for the future of the country we're talking about sort of you know labor maybe getting in a labor-led coalition perhaps do you um, think like how, how hopeful are you for the next sort of let's say five ten years well i do think that the tories will be out i think that's going to happen yeah um and if they're not i am fucking out of here <laughs> i'll go to america i'll get shot in two weeks but fuck it i'll mm. be out of here um like yeah, the tools will be out, but I think um, realistically, and I have covered this, um, how what they did with that the the recent statements and how they've kicked a load down the the road, meaning that the next government will have to put us through some austerity and some difficult decisions. Right. Um, so, like, it's hard for me to say that I have hope, unless like unless like Labour get into power and they're like, right, this. Then they do take that common sense approach. They do say this is how we make money as a country without, you know, you know, this like we do the onshore wind, um, we do, we do the the biogas and like you know we do the insulation and we give, we give you everything you want because essentially, happier, healthier people means a ha happier, healthier economy. But that timeline, I don't know how long that timeline will take, but that's the only way that I will have hope for the future because we can get out of it. Of course we can. We got ourselves out of the last recession and we'll get ourselves out of this one. And it will be on the workers. It will be us. We built this country and we'll build it back up again. Um, and I think if if people just stop being fucking stupid and, and sort of embrace that we do have to go through a difficult time, but that in partnership with a, a government that is actually doing the right things, no matter how hard they are, like because it's it's in, it's unavoidable that we will have to go through some hard times, right? The yeah, Tories yeah. have left us in this mess, and we have to crawl out of it. But as long as people aren't stupid enough to say, "Oh, this new government is their fault," as long yeah. as they're not stupid, as long as everybody remembers 
who put us in this mess and then we all just knuckle down and work hard that is my hope for the future realistically yeah yeah i mean i my fear is that like if if the when the tories get in they, they fuck everything and then people yeah. come back and say oh they're all the same all politicians lie all, yeah. all politicians cheat um then labor get in at the end of a tory period and it's because people are exhausted with the lying and the corruption and so on but yeah. labor because they're left uh people have such a high expectation for what they can deliver yeah. and my fear is that three years into that parliamentary term a lot of the electorate will be like well I've, you know i tried labor i thought it was supposed to be yeah. you. they were going to make everything better they were going to fix yeah. everything and like my life is still shit we're still in this recession yeah. and and i mean well, well that's what flip. i said with like with, as long as people remember yeah and then that, that's the thing it's all down to us isn't it as as citizens to to sort of be aware of everything that's happened now and 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 whose fault that is just heard a like firework or a gunshot yeah. outside. Hope Where do in. you live? In uh, Aldershot in Hampshire. Oh yeah, yeah, I know Aldershot. Yeah, loads of guns. Yeah, <laughs> well, that, that's, <laughs> that's why it's called Aldershot. That's my uh, that's my worry. Um, let's talk for a minute about this um, about this gig that we're putting on. Um, All right. Oh, the gig that I'm shitting myself about. Yes, yeah, sure. Let's fucking talk about that then. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm excited. Are you excited? No. Are you not? <laughs> Have you got? Like, I am like very fucking excited. So like, if people people know me. I've been in bands. I've been a DJ. I've been an MC. I've performed in front of like th tens of thousands of people. Mm. This this fucking gig is like. It's not me as part of a collective. It's not me giving like me with a product to sell. It's just me being me. So yeah, I'm shitting myself. <laughs> I mean, I will say, I will say this. Like, so I. I'm terrible at like improvising. Any time right. I've ever tried to do like the emceeing, the compare, the host stuff, I've come away thinking, "Why the fuck did I think I could do that?" I'm like, um, <laughs> but other people are yeah. very, very good at it. Um, are you trying to make me feel better? It's like I'm <laughs> other people. Because the thing is, I think what the conversation we had is like, I specifically said, "Oh, I don't want to do a routine, but I'll host the thing." Yeah, and hosting is just five lots of five minutes as opposed to one lot of 10 minutes. So it's like, I yeah. fucked myself up, didn't I? That's what happened. Well, no, like, I mean, you can pepper it with a f There'll be a few games, right? Like we'll mess around with the audience. It'll yeah. be fun. Um, also, you have to remember the nights that I've emceed and hosted comedy stuff. Um, most of the time, it's been like just an anonymous crowd of strangers, like yeah. open mic nights and stuff. And right. they're the hardest fucking crowd to amuse. Because you don't know them. Yeah, because they, they don't know. Yeah, they don't, they don't know you, you either, I guess. Yeah, but for our gig, like the audience it's, is good people it's, that it's know you. Be followers and fans. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Um, so that's cool. Yeah. So there's. Uh, so you're hosting. Uh, yeah. I'm. I'm going to do a sort of character comedy uh, thing, which I'll. I won't give too much more. But I, I think it'd be better if it's a surprise that night. Um, okay. And then we've got Jolly on Rubenstein. Yeah. Uh, who's going to join us uh, for the panel, which will be hosted by myself and Super Tansky. Uh, and then, did we book the fourth guest? I can't remember if we did. No, he, like, he's booked, but is it confirmed? Who, Jolion? No, it's Jolion, yeah, but the yeah. other guy, the other guy. Uh, no. It's not, not confirmed? Yeah. No. Okay, okay. Um, 
and then we need one more panel guest. So <laughs> we're sounding very old. No, no, you uh, you have the panel guest as well. No, we've got we. Maybe we'll take this offline. Um, <laughs> this, this is not. Yeah, we should actually. We this should. is this so, is starting yeah. to sound like a sort of uh, <laughs> someone else's work Zoom. Yeah, yeah, Zoom we're call. Actually, did like... um, but anyway, yes, you have to trust us. It's going to be. I think it's going to be a good night, and we're going to do an after party also. Yeah, that's um, right. For some for some VIP guests, uh, and yeah, I'm I'm feeling it. It's going to be it'd be the biggest gig I've done since I quit comedy. So really? I'll be. Um, and yeah it's, it's a 21 soho which is like it's like the new gem of comedy for for london now i guess like yeah. everybody's playing there it's fucking crazy um so yeah, it should be a good night like i'm shitting myself i'm gonna fucking i'm trying to work out some stuff yeah what i'm gonna do but it'll be great like and it's just gonna be a really good atmosphere and like like-minded people because essentially it's a tory bashing event so you know yeah it's uh a sort of yeah like half comedy show I was, I was about to do like three halves there sorry it's 33 percent comedy show 33 yeah. percent like panel discussion and then 33 percent some sort of weird conference of people who like online yeah. political... it'll be like it's a new twist on what is usually defined as a comedy event definitely like and i think that'll be really interesting yeah yeah cool whatever man. happens it'll be great yeah well, I'm looking forward to it. And that's, yeah, so that's on Friday, the 10th of February. Um, I don't think tickets are published yet, but I will, I'll put a link to it on the Funk 27 site. And I'm sure that myself and Danny and Tan will be oh, yeah. uh, posting relentlessly about it. I think it. Tic tickets will be live next Friday, actually. Cool. Okay. That's good to know. Oh, yeah. So Friday week. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me tonight, Danny. Is this the end of the fucking podcast now? Yeah, man. Is We've been talking for 50 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. We've been That's gassing right, away. Yeah. I was like, I was like, fuck. I got, I'm not going to know what to talk about, but here we are. We're, look yeah. at us now. We're at the we end. made it. Boom. We did. We did. Um, guys, if you're not following Danny, uh, obviously jump on Instagram and find him. He's Danny fucking Price on there. Um, big thanks to the Patreons for continuing to support the show. I'm back uh, on Wednesday with the solo show, which uh, if you've not tuned into that yet, it's um, I just take whatever's in the news for the week and then sort of rip and roast it a little bit. Try to amuse myself while I'm sat in the cabin drinking alone. Uh, it'd be really great if you joined <laughs> me for that. Uh, until next time, thank you so much. We outie.